The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the end of the week. And welcome to the Source of Truth podcast where we study the Source of Truth. That is the Word of God. And we're glad you're here today as we take a few minutes and study and evaluate and hopefully find great practical truths from God's Word this morning. We are in 1 Peter chapter 2. As we've been spending the last couple weeks going verse by verse, section by section through the book of 1 Peter. Take about 10 to 12 minutes a day to evaluate God's Word. 1 Peter chapter 2. Um, we're going to go down and start in verse number 9. Now, As we get into verse 9, the whole phrase starts with, ye are a chosen generation. It's important that we say, okay, we, he's referencing us in contrast to something different. So uh, even though we went over yesterday, let's go for context today. Let's go back verse and find out who it is that we're in contrast to. So back to verse 8. Jesus God, Jesus being referenced as a stone. In verse 8, he says, a stone of a stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble. At the word being disobedient, we're on to they are they also they were appointed. So he's speaking of the word the people who have chosen to ignore God. Again, that generation had been face to face with Jesus. They denied him as the Messiah today. We would say denied him as Jesus as Lord. And he's become a stumbling block to them. He said, that's the people who have chosen to ignore or refuse Jesus as their Savior. Verse 9, now he goes back and references, of course, the, the church and a church which started in these days. And so he'll be referencing us. As well, he says in verse 9, but we, ye, or we could even say we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. There's a lot in this verse. I plan to do four verses today. Uh, we'll see if time gets us through all four. But start verse 9, ye are chosen generation. Obviously, there's a lot in the Bible that talks about election and, and chosen and things of that nature. I believe in what we call corporate election, uh, that God has chosen the church in this time to be the answer for what he wants to accomplish. He says in the Gospels to Peter, now are Peter upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I believe that that is the chosen generation. Anybody, the Bible says God's not willing to any perish, but all come to repentance. And when you get saved, you become part of his church, his chosen generation. So you can participate in it. But that is the, the group that God is working through. But I love the fact that he has chosen us. I love the fact that he has specifically said, this is us. We're not random. God knows what he's doing. God's got a plan. And there's some great um, value to us in that. We're a royal priesthood. Obviously, when we come into the family of God, we are children of the king, which makes us royal. But then it's interesting we're priests because Jesus is a priest. And we are what we call believer priests. We have a priesthood, an individual priesthood. Really, the premise we talked about before was that it used to be in the Old Testament, the priest had to go into the Holy of Holies um, for us or for the children of Israel in, in presence of God and, and make atonement for sin that doesn't happen today because of Jesus' death on the cross, we can go into the presence of God ourselves. We have that priesthood. It's part of who we are when we get saved. We're, we're chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. 
Uh, you know, we talk about the fact that while we live as American citizens or whatever citizen you are, we live here in our, in our world, we are citizens of this world, we are also as Christian citizens of a different nation, of the kingdom of God, and that nation, yet that is it's still a spiritual nation, now the physical nation is coming, um, we view everything differently because this is not the end for us. And so we're a holy nation. By the way, that means the word holy means set apart. We are a nation that has been set apart. Um, while we are engaged in the things of this world, while we should participate in the things of this world and be aware of the things of this world, these aren't the final end for us. The end comes when we end up in heaven in that final nation. This is the temporary part, and he talks a little more about that in a little bit. All right, then he says, we are a peculiar people. Can I encourage you that the word peculiar, while we look at it and say is unique, um, I don't necessarily think the greatest um, definition for that is weird. Right? Uh, sometimes as Christians, the world can see us and say they're just weird. And I don't think that's what God is intending for us to have. I don't think the idea is that we are weird per se. Um, we, we're peculiar though. The world looks at us because we view the world differently, because we are chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, we are going to view the world differently. We're not going to be as overwhelmed by the fears. We're not gonna be as overwhelmed by the events. Uh, we view it differently. We view it with a holy reverence. We view it with a confidence and a hope. And even we, we sorrow, we sorrow not as those who have no hope. There is a confident hope in the lives of a Christian through the good and bad times that the world just does not understand, makes us peculiar, unique, something that the world looks to and says, well, they're different. And, and sometimes, and I'm not saying, well, they see us, they're going to be drawn to it. Sometimes they are. Uh, but the world has one very particular view, and that is just not the view as Christians should have. We should have a, a biblical worldview, and we should see the world differently. So we're peculiar in that area. Then he says that we, that ye, we, the church, should show forth praises of him, of Jesus, who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We should show forth, we should, it should be part of who we are. I mean, it should be in our worship at church, in our lives, and our actions. Uh, we should show to the world of, of Jesus um, the glory that we give to him. He says, glory to uh, the gift to God who has called us. I love that, called us out. The Bible says a man cannot be saved except the Father draw him. We have been called out of this. Now, I believe that he opens that door for everybody and at some point gives that opportunity. But we've been drawn. It's not just, I'm just going to come to God or Jesus when I want. No, I've been called to that point. I have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. I love this idea of called out of darkness into his marvelous light. If you go to the book of John, the Bible says men love darkness better than light because their deeds are evil. And so he references this idea. Really, he's referencing the idea that when we are without Christ, we are in darkness. Now, why, what would that mean? Why? Why is that the reference being used here? Well, consider the premises of darkness. Obviously, more crimes happen in darkness. That's why men love darkness better than light. Their deeds are evil. They're hidden. They're not they're seen. Uh, we, can, we can do more and feel like we can get away with it. So that's the sin nature of it. But darkness also, there's more fear. You don't really know what's going on. Uh, sometimes there's more confusion. When you, when you drive through an area you're not familiar with at nighttime, obviously it's even more unfamiliar than it would be during the daytime. Even with a GPS, it's just, it's a little less familiar. Uh, things in life can seem confusing, can seem hazy. Um, things in life cannot have the clarity they would at noon than they would at midnight um, because darkness overshadows those things. And so in our daily life, we go through life and sometimes we say, I just, I don't fully, I, this doesn't make sense. The world has an answer, but it just seems like something's missing. Well, yeah, because you're viewing the world through darkness. 
You're viewing the world through the emptiness and really without Jesus, who is the light, we are, you're kind of going through life all the time, blind, in darkness. Uh, you're seeking and you're kind of, this is the way I kind of picture it. The world is stumbling around in the darkness trying to find the answers for all the chaos. There is no answer outside of Jesus. And so they stumble around and really what would be the darkness? And they try this and they try this and they try this. And it seems like they go, can I, can I be honest, from one bad decision to another thinking this didn't work, or they'll just do this over and over and over again, thinking if a, a different person does it, they do it better. And really, they're just stumbling around in the darkness. And God has said, we have been called out of that darkness into his marvelous light. He has opened our eyes to the truth. He has opened our eyes to the reality of where the answers do lie, where hope is, where peace is, where, where even though our lives still come with their own, its own conflicts and its own trials and its own battles, and now Satan hates us even more, we have a light. Even though they're there, we have a perspective on that that's different. You know, the battles, you know, when you go to bed at night and you're overwhelmed with the battles, uh, they seem even more when you're tired and you can't sleep. And then you wake up and while the battles are still there, there's a perspective. It's just a little less heavy. Well, this is that's not a great illustration, but we, with the light, we can see the battles and the trials and the things that are part of life, unfortunately. But because we have his light, we have a perspective that gives us hope that we just don't have outside of that. And, and we have been called to that. And he says one more thing in verse 10, which in time past, we were not a people. Uh, we were kind of scattered. The church was not there yet. But now are the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now obtained mercy. Uh, we enjoy now what wasn't always there. God talked to the future about the church, what we enjoy today, but we didn't always see it. And that is unique to today, unique to what we enjoy. So we'll continue Monday as we break down what he's talking about in this uniqueness of what it means to be that chosen generation. And I hope it's an encouragement. I hope you realize what it means to be part of God's family. And I hope that if you've not chosen to come to Jesus and become part of this, that today you'd pray, you do that. Call upon him, make him your Lord and Savior. It'll literally transform your life. Well, thanks for joining us throughout this week. Thanks for participating in this. And we hope it's a help. We really hope it's an encouragement. We hope it inspires you to believe that God is doing something in your life. And uh, we hope it'll continue to point you to Jesus. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you join us again on Monday.